If we could see them, the tops of most New York City buildings are made up of chimneys and air ducts and window washing equipment. But there is a move to transform our roofs into expansive urban gardens and farms that can refresh our air, cool buildings in the summer, and keep them warm in the winter. Encourage butterflies and bees, store storm waters, and someday supply fresh vegetables to our inner city and beyond. This has been the dream of Brooklyn City Council member Rafael Espinal. And we will be talking to him about his new bill recently passed, along with the support of City Council members Donovan Richards of Queens and Stephen Levin of Brooklyn, that requires green roofs on certain New York City buildings. And we're also going to be talking with Inger Yancey, who is the founder of Brooklyn Green Roof. Uh, she is a green roof professional uh, with extensive experience in creating sustainable architecture. I'm going to have to ask about that a little later. Uh, Ms. Yancey lectures on environmental subjects, including urban agriculture, green infrastructure, green roofs, and stormwater management. And she teaches in the environmental sustainability... I knew I was good. I knew yeah, yeah. I, I knew we, we practiced I, that I last so night. I was so close. Sustainability. so close. I know. You were going like a, like a train. Yeah. Sustainability. Uh, sustainability. I know. I said it a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. She teaches in the environmental... Now, now you can't. Like now, I, you just, I just can't speak anymore. She teaches in the environmental, environmental sustainability. I can, I can do it. Okay, go. <laughs> she teaches in the environmental sustainability program at Pratt Institute. And with us today is Dustin Partridge, the director of the Green Roofers. <laughs> One more time. It's contagious. And with us today is Dustin Partridge the director of the Green Roof Researchers Alliance, founded by the New York City Audubon, to expand urban nature via green roofs in our city in an effort to improve sustainability, resilience, biodiversity, and social equity for all New Yorkers. And we're going to have to define each one of those. Yes, I know. we, we got to come back to this. Before we leave here. And this is Bar Crawl Radio. I am Rebecca McCain, and my partner, Alan Winson, are recording at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street, half a block from Broadway, and we are going green. So, welcome everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And do you all have... Nice to be here. Uh, Raphael, you're getting your margarita. Oh, they do have margaritas yeah, here. Yeah, margaritas. All right. I'm going to have to try one of those. When you, know, you know, Raphael, <laughs> we were at Gabriella's one time in the summer about, and we did a margarita. We call. were. We were there. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's closed. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Gabriella's is closed. Wow. Yeah, I, I miss it. I mean, it's like, where do I wow. get a good margarita? So you have to tell us. they made good margaritas. Is it any good? Oh, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Let's take a sip. Let's see. This let's is see. important. We'll each sip, okay? <laughs> Is it all right? It's good. All right. Yeah, okay. My cider's good. Mm -hmm. There right, you go. <laughs> and and really uh, good. Uh, Dustin, what, what are you having? So I'm drinking a beer from uh, Kings County Brewers Collective, and I'm doing that because they support New York City Audubon. Very good. I have nice. a really right. good beer called Project Safe Flight, which helps all the hundreds of thousands of birds that pass through the city. Very wow. nice. Oh, I would have had that had I known. Yeah. Right. KCBC? <laughs> KCBC. Yes. yes. And I've, I've, got, I've got a Spaceways beer. Oh, I think it's, I um, something uh, um, space waste. Wait, it was more to it. Yeah, whatever. Oh, sugar. And uh, uh, Inger, what do you what do you have? Oh, you're doing a cider. I've got a cider. Beautiful. Is it a hard cider? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hard yeah. Cider. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bar. Well, yeah. yeah, that's right. I What's know. I know. I know that. <laughs> well, I have it without an. And, and Becky, you're having your. Tito. I'm having I'm having Tito's uh, martini. 
Excellent. Yes, Excellent. I am. Well done. I had a rough okay. day. Okay, so everyone's good. And, um, you know, I, if, if we could reach over on the wires, I'd say let's toast green roofs. Um, we can. Okay. We've toast, done it toast, before. Toasting Come green on. roofs. Toasting there we go. Green roofs. Let's toast I'll drink to that. Yeah. Right. Bet. There we go. Good seeing you all. Good. And good seeing, <laughs> good <laughs> seeing you too. too. Right. Um, Rafael Espinal, uh, City Council Member of District 37 of Brooklyn. It is great to have you back on BCR. The last time you and I were together was at uh, WNYC Green Space. Yes. And you, sir, were running for city advocate. Right. Uh, Becky and I, we voted for you. Thank you. I appreciate we that. Did. I'm so I honored. voted for you. I'm so honored. Unfortunately, Thank you. unfortunately, those two votes did not quite put you over the top. Right. Right. <laughs> if I could have voted again, but, but we could got me closer. Right. You were close. But you're still doing good work at the city council, and you announced your run for Brooklyn Borough President in 2021. Wow. And we'll get to that. I do want to hear a little bit more about that. But first, let's talk about your newest initiative to establish green roofs in New York City. And congratulations on that. You're doing such, you. such good work. Thank Why you. focus your political capital on green roofs? Well, honestly, there was uh, one morning I woke up and I read a New York Times article, I believe. I could be wrong on where I read it. But that France was looking at mandating green roofs. Right. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I know green roofs do exist in Brooklyn and in the city. Uh, maybe this is something that we could tap into here and, and emulate what, what the conversation, bring it to New York City and, 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 and have that same requirement. Also, as a, as a young person, uh, I've become increasingly concerned about the environment, um, especially with the election of Donald Trump. Uh, we know yeah, look what he's doing. Right. He's <laughs> yeah. doing a lot to uh, roll back a lot of the progress that's been made yes. uh, in, the, in the space, in the conversation. And I thought it was time for local cities uh, to play a more aggressive role in the conversation. Uh, be able to pass aggressive policy. Had you known about green, green roofs before? Because you've done other kinds of green stuff. You did the thing with the straws. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know where that is these yeah, days. Yeah, we might pass that very soon. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done uh, stuff or, uh, stuff or, uh, work around sustainability. Uh, I would say my personal interest is tied to food and learning about farming practices and uh, the importance of eating local and organic and, and knowing that some of these green roofs were being used as, as farms as well. So it kind of all tied up to my personal passions, understanding what was happening in Washington, to uh, my vision of hoping that you know, we can create a, a city that's fighting, that's fighting aggressively against climate change. Right. And, and, and that's why we want to talk specifically about the green roofs initiatives. Uh, because it sounds, it's, it's exciting, it's sexy in a way. I mean... Mm -hmm. You know, this, that the whole idea is just like, wow. I think we can all it's, visualize it, which, yeah. is, which oh, yeah. is what's exciting. Yeah, but yeah. How, how, e how easy is it to, to, to do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, well, right, now we're gonna, I've never we're, done one. <laughs> I've only been on them. <laughs> we're going to find out from <laughs> the guess. experts yeah, here. I, I think it's sexy because it's the new frontier. Right. right. People have always thought of their rooftops as, uh, you know, this thing that I don't want to go on. It's too hot. It's gross, dirty. But you can make it into a little oasis up there, yeah. right? Very so. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 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 your roof, like that. That's then your backyard. That's uh, exactly. Yeah, because so many of us don't yeah. have a backyard. You step right. out on the green roof, and you're stepping into wildlife habitat. Nice. Yeah. So you can walk out, and if you go out at the right time during migration, like this time of year, you could see a lot of different migratory birds, um, migratory bats. Oh, that's that's, that's really we have yeah. that we have that question coming up. But let me ask you now: what goal? What are the goals of Green Roof Researchers Alliance? And uh, Dustin Park. Dustin, yeah. yeah. Who's, who's so, the director there? So the initial goals of this were we had a bunch of different researchers in the city, and we're all doing work on green roofs, and we didn't necessarily all work together. We didn't know what other research was going on. We got together in the same room and realized, wow, 
there's a lot going on in New York. New York can really be a leader in the green roof um, science industry. And we've started working together. So we're really collaborating to expand science, to extend ad advocacy, um, grow new policy, and uh, help educators throughout the city. So, so what is a green roof, and is it, how is it different than you know some woman or man putting potted plants out on their balcony? Yeah, so a green roof, and, and Inger can come um, on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a green roof is a roof that's been kind of covered with a waterproof membrane in the simplest in the simplest measure, planted with a growing medium, and then planted with vegetation. So there are a bunch of different types of green roofs, which Inger can mention. And we will, we and will get yeah. to that. For sure. So is New York City keeping pace with the other cities? I mean, are, 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 we, are we behind? Are we ahead? What's Be, before these bills? No. So we were really behind until this, this legislation has come through, um, which is really good. So we, compared to other cities, we were really um, we're lacking in the number of green roofs. We just recently found out how many green roofs there actually are in New York. And as of 2016, there are 736 green roofs. <laughs> that, so, sounds, that sounds right. cool. That's how many buildings? Uh, out of a million. Out of a million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a long okay. way to go. Okay. So we're, we're at Gephardt's, and I was just talking to a, a very tall man who's at the bar, and he was talking about green roofs in Detroit. Right. The Detroit seems to be more advanced than we are. Yeah, when, the when, Ford when factory. Comes, right. Mm -hmm. Can I add something yeah. about yeah, sure. of yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, so New York City has been working for quite a while trying to increase the sustainability of their buildings, but they haven't really been thinking that well about green roofs. And so when Rafael you know, stepped up to the plate and said, look, we really need to, to get some legislation that requires green roofs, um, that kind of completes the picture, picture in my mind. A lot of other cities had already gotten that far, had already had more incentives and uh, more programs that were encouraging them. But yeah, now, now we join the group. Yeah, that's I, great. Well, Raphael, you're always very forward thinking. Yeah, and I would say that I knew it would be one of those issues that New Yorkers can easily get behind and be interested in. Who right? would be against it? Right, exactly. I mean, I well, think that's that, a good question. And as, as was mentioned, the city works on a policy on, on, on making buildings uh, greener and, and lowering carbon emissions. Missions, but they're usually talking about the boilers, the windows, nothing really that sexy or no. exciting right. exactly. to anyone. So <laughs> yeah. when you talk about green roofs, New Yorkers are like, wow, you know, we would yeah. love to have a green roof on our own roofs. So okay. A so green roof, like, yeah. it actually increases the property value because people love them so much. That's great. And then it's measurable. That's super. I was talking to Scott in the cab on the way over here, and he was he's all for it. He supports great. you. He's all for <laughs> it. Raphael, you're learning about green roofs now. I mean, you have this uh, bill that's out there. We'll talk about the bill and what it, what it does. Uh, but when you think of green roofs, wh what do you see? Um, I will tell you what I saw and, and what I hope in the future to see. Exactly. I mean, so in Brooklyn, there's, there's, a, there's a great uh, organization called Brooklyn Grange, and they have uh, about an acre of rooftop space in the Brooklyn Navy Yard that's dedicated solely to being a farm uh, and an event space. Uh, and and they, 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 they put this they put this farm forward with the idea of growing local vegetables and being able to sell them to local shops. Uh, they realize that it's not that profitable. You need more land to grow more vegetables to make more money. So they've also turned it into a space where people can rent to have their weddings. Uh, photographers go to do photo shoots. And they've really turned this into like a, also a, as a community and, space. Community and they bring, to go. they bring school kids right. through too. Right. And I bet space. before these um, these farms or gardens were, were planted, they wouldn't have nobody would wanted to have a wedding at the uh, <laughs> Navy Yard. No, no, not on the rooftop. Of the <laughs> not Navy on that roof. <laughs> no exactly. Way. How tall is the building? Is it uh, several stories high? Or? 
It's on the top. This is Bar Crawl Radio, and I'm Alan Winson, and we'll be back with our conversation with Rafael Espinal, city council member from Brooklyn, Inger Yancey, founder of Brooklyn Green Roof, and Dustin Partridge, Green Roof Research Alliance, uh, part of the Audubon Society. I am now on the 11th floor of Building 3 uh, in the Navy Yards. Uh, Alina Larson, our co-producer, is just approaching me, and we're going to go and visit with Anastasia Cole Palakias, who's the co-founder and chief operating officer of the Brooklyn Grange Rooftop Farm. She's going to tell us about the farm, and we're going to get a look at it. Hey, Alina. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. You ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Oh, Anastasia, hi. It's been a day. Nice to meet you, Alina. You. Hi. You found us okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go around the building once. <laughs> yeah, so I, did I mention in my email, did I already say that we're going to be dragging you back to our Sunset Park farm? We've completed construction of our third farm and greenhouse and are currently working on building a building on top of that building. And right now we're, we're going up the stairs to the roof, through the emergency roof access. And it's raining, and we're out on the roof of the Brooklyn Grange. And we can see Manhattan across the way there. This is pretty gosh darn amazing. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting us up here to the, to the Brooklyn Grange. Oh my gosh, thank you for coming. Thank you for making the trip uh, from uptown. We have a pretty panoramic view of New York City from this particular roof here in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. What are we looking at right now? Yeah, so you're looking at the second location of our business, which is spread across three rooftops in Brooklyn and Queens. Um, this particular site was built in 2012. It's a 65,000 foot square foot farm on top of Building 3 in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Can we translate that to acres? Yeah, it's about an acre and a half. Our total acreage across our, all of our fields is 5.6 acres. And those three fields generate almost 90,000 pounds of food every year. I've always thought of a roof, uh, farm roof, like a flat roof, but you also have like an angled thing going on here. Those are covered skylights, and we love them because they provide a little bit of a windbreak. We don't have trees up here, so wind can be, you know, especially up on a roof uh, near, near the water, wind can always be a challenge. We've planted that skylight with meadow crops, um, natives, perennials, pollinator attracting crops. In peak season, if you're up here in, you say, September, particularly October is when the monarch butterfly migration happens, nice. you would see butterflies, all different types of bees and flies and birds um, flitting about from plant to plant uh, and behaving as though uh, this human ecosystem all around them didn't even exist, which is one of my favorite attributes. So, so the butterflies don't know they're up on top of the Navy Yard roof, You know, in 12 fact, flights up. In fact, they might. Butterflies, it's a really interesting fact. Butterflies sense temperature difference from really long dif distances. So more than, say, a park at ground level, because the other rooftops around us are so hot. I mean, we are on average 30 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit cooler, our surface temperatures on this roof. Uh, as opposed to a regular, you know, tar, black tar roof. 
So butterflies sense this temperature difference from really long distances, and they flock to us. Like a, we're like a bullseye to them. Oh, we got to come back. You have to come in, back in, in the season. summer. It's it's pretty fabulous. So when, when is the height of the of the butterfly season? October is monarch migration season, and this year it was really exciting because tradition. The last, you know, we, this, this was our tenth season farming rooftops, and I don't think we'd had a migration season this prolific since 2010. We also have a great migratory, uh, predatory bird population that comes through. We have a delightful family of kestrels. Um, they are the smallest birds of prey. Uh, they, you, you might recognize from them from their clee 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 sound that they make. Uh, but they absolutely love um, the insect populations that sort of tend to explode at the end of our season here. So you'll see them sitting on top of parapet walls cleaning away and just dropping down and pulling uh, tomato hornworms out of the tomatoes or uh, crickets out of our, our meadow here on the patio and tearing them apart. And we love it because they're just a wonderful natural form of pest control. Right. But I mean, do they do they get into the vegetables? They don't. So you don't have any kind of that kind of problem. I mean, the, you have no deer. I we know have no here. deer. I mean, that's one of the greatest benefits of being up on a, a roof is uh, you don't have deer, you don't have squirrels. Ground level farming, urban farming, of course, one of the biggest challenges is rats. We don't have them. Um, so Because they don't get up here. They don't get up here. They haven't figured out how to work the elevator buttons yet. <laughs> You've been here uh, in the Navy Yard for 10 years? This was our uh, this farm opened in 2012. It was, uh, at the time when we received the grant in 2011, the largest recipient of the New York City Department of Environmental Protection's Green Infrastructure Stormwater Management Grant. Uh, that program, long name, but uh, is a really important program for folks to know about, particularly as we enter this new era of the Climate Mobilization Act. This is a really important, important uh, piece of law that went into effect last month, October 2019, and was uh, the product of the hard work of the Environmental Committee of City Council. Uh, and a whole lot of us activists uh, make a noise about how we need to change the way real estate is being developed in this city. Well, this, this program is part of a program which Rafael Espinal was on. Oh, right, of course. So, so I'm sure he told you all about it. He did in his new bill that requires now uh, rooftop gardens and requires. So yeah. when we first approached Love him, word, we were we we sat him down and said, "Would you be willing to talk to us about maybe uh, putting some incentives out there uh, for developers to include green roofs on their project?" And wouldn't you know, he said, "Yeah, we could incentivize them, but what if we just required?" these green roofs and we were you know frankly not sure if he could make it happen uh, but it was really he wasn't sure either he said and he was surprised that there wasn't really much pushback and I think that that speaks to the fact that New Yorkers for so long have wanted to see this city live up to how the rest of the world sees us I mean we get a ton of international visitors and I'll tell you they all say the same thing which is New York City is really a leader in you know, green infrastructure, but moreover, urban farming. And the fact of the matter is, uh, we actually have quite a bit of catching up to do. Anastasia Cole Plakius, thank you so much for inviting us up to your farm. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for coming. Right, one more. So, yeah. There was much more to our conversation with Anastasia Cole Plakius, and you can hear it at BCR Extra, see episode number 71. And now back to our conversation at Gebhard's Beer Culture Bar, which was on the ground 
at 72nd Street. On the roof. Now, now Dustin, you, you had mentioned uh, to our co-producer, Alina Larson, that this is not the, um, the general use of green roofs in New York City, that it's a very minor part right. of green roofs. Um, why, why is that, and can we move in that direction more? So the majority of green roofs in the city are not farms. Uh, farms are, you know, they're not for everybody. Not everybody wants to be a farmer or run a farm. They're a great space. The majority of green roofs are actually just kind of garden space or, or almost if you think of like kind of a, kind of a lawn. Uh, they're just spaces that are out there that are capturing stormwater, reducing energy, and providing wildlife habitat. And they're really beneficial, uh, just, just like farms are. So the majority of those are around. I mean, there are got a couple of really great examples, like the Javits Center has a seven-acre green roof that is entirely sedum. It's kind of the opposite of, of Brooklyn Grange because it's, it's an inch and a quarter of, of growing medium, so it's really shallow. But it's and it covers the entire top of the uh, of the Javits Center. Everything but the uh, glass structures. Almost. Almost they're like, yeah. they're going to add more, and yeah, then it's it will. Growing. Yeah, yeah, so it's seven acres, and uh, it's expanding now, and there's going to be the more green roof up there. Very that nice. blew my mind when you talked about it pre-show. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, there's this green roof on the top because you can't see it. Right. When I ride my yeah. bike by. I don't you go right see past it. it. Yeah. Yeah. No and it's right. It's right there. Go on Google Maps. Satellite oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> view. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so people can walk around up there. Yeah, you can you can schedule they a tour. They have tours. Okay. Yeah, you okay. can schedule a tour and get up there uh, throughout the growing season, and it's it's really quite beautiful. There's a herring gull colony up there. There are 29 species of bird that are passing through. Like five, five species, species of, of bats, bat. yeah. right? Oh wow! So it, yeah. it is a pretty impressive space, even though it is kind of just uh, sedum. It's really shallow, but it really provides a lot of benefits. All right. Wow. If I might, could, yeah, would yeah, you like ahead. me to describe what sedum oh, is? Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. So. The workhorse of the average greenhouse, green green roof, is sedum. Sedum is a very small plant. It never gets more than about four inches high, except for sometimes the flower stalks shoot up a little higher than that. It's a tiny-leafed succulent, and it will grow in really poor soils with very little moisture, and it never needs to be reseeded. It never needs to be mowed, so it's really not like a lawn at all, except that it's low-growing. But what if it gets a so lot of rain, though? It, get, it can handle a lot of rain because okay. the medium that you plant it into is this engineered medium that um, is calibrated to hold the right amount of moisture for the plant. Okay. It could be the headphones. Yeah. yeah, so sedum is really the most common plant out there. And then another plant, another type of plant that we always try to plant is a native perennial because native perennials are what all of the local and migratory birds are looking for mm. when they're foraging. And so... Nice. That's kind of the most typical. And the other, the other, inst the other thing to understand is that a farm requires deep soil, and it weighs a lot. And you know, not every roof is going to be able to hold that. Okay. So, like the Javits Center could hold like 15 pounds per square foot. A, a real farm roof needs to be able to hold at least 50, 60 pounds okay. per square foot. So is, is oh, that the limitation on the farm on the farm roof? Is is that particular thing that not all our structures yeah. in the city can, can accommodate that, a farm? Can hold right. Yeah. I mean, you can always upgrade the structure. Um, it is possible to do that, but most building owners don't really want to go that far, and right. there's no reason that they should if you can support a lighter weight green roof. Right, right. Then, then you could do so that. So, Dustin, is that why there's not that many farm things, or is it just yeah, not large part, part of the of imagination? It's the structural capacity for these roofs. And I think a lot of people just prefer to have kind of a, a boutique garden on a roof or a roof planted with sedum. So, you know, just kind of a matter of preference as well as structural capacity. But there's capacity. so many things that uh, farms 
on roofs could um, it could you know help in our city. Oh yeah, city. absolutely. And um, there, there are some great examples of just kind of typical green roofs that have a section planted with the farm. Like they have a little farming garden, kind of their own okay. private garden, mm -hmm. and it's quite beautiful, and they get a lot of produce from it. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if we could do just a real quick kind of tutorial on how a green roof is created. Okay. Let, let's say we say a, 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 the one that, that I think is sexy is putting up a farm on a green roof. <laughs> um, so how would you do that? I mean, once you check for the structure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we talked to Inger because you're the architect. Right. right. Uh, she yeah. graduated from Harvard University and design <laughs> and uh, got a master's in architecture. So, uh, right. Yeah, I think you could talk about I also, about this. though, in order to do this work, became a contractor. So I'm a licensed, bonded, insured contractor, too. Wow. Cool. Um, do you have a lot of work? I mean, is there a lot of work do. to do this? You do. I'm super You're busy. busy. Great. Sup okay. Oh, and especially now with Raphael's <laughs> right. new bill. By the way, it takes effect tomorrow. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have to celebrate that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We, well, we're starting early, yes, right? Yes. This, this is the yes. beginning of it for me. All right. And we do want to talk about that bill, oh my like gosh. what it covers. Yeah. I've been having so many crazy meetings all week long because everybody's anticipating that bill taking effect. Right. So it's really Wow. Cool. But to okay. get back Super. to the pragmatics of yeah. like, how do you do a green roof? Right. So the first thing you want to have is you want to make sure that your roof is waterproof. Dustin mentioned that. You, you need to have a new waterproof layer. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so a great what time is that, to like put... plastic? Or? A, no, but a great time More to put on a green roof is when you re-roof. And every roof, you know, the average life of a, green, of a rooftop surface in New York City is about 20 years. So... Every 20 years or so, you know, a building is going to need to re-roof. That's the perfect time to put the green roof on. Okay. The next thing that you want to do is make sure that you do have, that you do know how much structural capacity your roof has. Extra how, capacity. How do you find that out? Well, um, I have a few structural engineers that I work with. And um, as soon as, you know, I, I usually have to kind of train them and teach them, like, what exactly I'm looking for. Right. But a uh, structural engineer can tell you. They, they measure how big the roof members are and how far apart they are and what material they're made out of. And from okay. that, they can tell how much weight the roof can support. Okay. And whether it's that, that succulent sense. or it can actually support carrots. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to have a certain amount of capacity left over for when it snows and the snow sits there for a right. long time. So we're talking about extra capacity beyond all of the requirements for the roof. Um, and then, the then water, that's going to tell you I can have a six-inch deep green roof or a two-inch gr deep green roof. And based on that, you're going to decide what kind of a garden I want to have up there. From the right. catalog that you're going to be making right? <laughs> <laughs> of green roofs. Yeah, it, there's actually so many different types that I'm working with a couple of other people right now to try to standardize it so that it's oh, so um, that there easier really to roll a standard. out. I mean, there it's, are, it's, it's so new. Uh, no, it's not that. It's just that it's quite variable. Like if any garden, any oh. landscape, there are so many different things that you can do. So then, once you've got that beginning information, you begin with your material layers. Um, the most common thing to do is to put a root barrier over the entire available roof surface, and then you add a moisture retention layer, and on top of that, a filter fabric, and each of these layers is covering all of the available roof surface. On top of the, on top of the filter fabric, you put your engineered growth media that we've already been talking about, and then the plants, and you have it. And you're off to go. There you and go. The, and right. the roof barrier um, disallows the roots from getting into the structure of the building. 
Yes. Okay. The root barrier goes on top of that waterproof layer, mm -hmm. and it just makes sure that no matter what, because you really do, beyond those layers that I just described, you, de you design all of the edges so that you're going to contain all of that material and the, the roots of the plants. Right. And, but you need to make sure that if anything, any little root got through, that you st it still can't get through to the roots. I mean, life will have its way, and roots will have their way. Uh, well, not if you're very, very careful, careful and right. you know what you're doing. You absolutely need to hire someone who knows what they're doing. Right. It's not a do-it-yourself project. So if you know what you're no doing... No DIY roofing, I guess. Roof not farming. a good idea. Not, I okay. mean, do you ever worry about <laughs> so that? Alan, that I told you. I was ready to go DIY. I I love DIY. I mean, for one thing, the dirt that you would get to put up there, whether it's from your backyard or from Home Depot, is going to weigh way too much. Oh, All right, but I mean, it. it just occurred to me. I, now you have this bill out there, and you have some money that's available for people to. Uh, and, and I said, oh, I own a brownstone. I've got this flat roof. I'm going to build a, you know, a garden up there. I'll put trees and. Yeah, I, you I know. can do it. I can do it myself. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to be careful yeah, about so, what people so, are doing. And correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, if you're going to do more than three inches, then you have to file the Department of Buildings. Um, not to four encourage inches, anyone. actually. Not to encourage anyone. Four inches. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Above be, four inches, yeah. then you need to file. But also, if you want to apply for some of the financing that's available, um, there are incentives available. And in order to get those incentives, you also need to file, no matter how deep yeah. the green roof is. Right. Okay. So if you're thinking about putting a green roof on by top of your brownstone, there are rules about it. There are regulations. Yeah. Okay. So by filing, we're know. talking about getting a building permit from the Department sure, of Building. Sure, sure. Right, there, there you go. So there, there, that, guy, that guy who's got his own shovel, and he's <laughs> not going to just kind of like throwing up the dirt. And no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please don't do that. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. that a good time to do it is when you're you know, working on your roof, you're, you're retro, you're fixing your roof. What's the lifespan of a green roof versus a conventional roof? If you, All right, so good question. Um, once a green roof goes on the roof, and that's assuming that you are actually covering all of the available roof space, your roof surface, your waterproof roofing below, at the very base, that is going to last two, three, even four times longer than it would have. So you're increasing the lifespan of your roof. Instead of 20 years, it's going to be more like 40, 60, 80 years. Wow. That's cool. Oh, there's that, all kinds yeah. of things. And that saves tenants. you a lot of money and hassle. It saves you not having leaks. You know, it's... All right. it's Right. Really, there are tons of other benefits, but I'm glad that you asked about well, that. Well, we want to talk right. about. We want to talk one of those. One of those best. Dustin, in your bio, you refer to green roofs as supplying social equity for New Yorkers. What 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 does that mean? So think about the lack of green space in New York City. In certain areas, you have to walk pretty far to find right. access to green space. Right. If we start introducing green roofs in these areas, I mean that's access to a private or or a public access green space that is a safe area for people to hang out. Enjoy the outdoors, and it's right. It's right nearby. Yeah. See, I was wondering about that, though. I was wondering also too. What about those um, green grocery deserts, too? Is that I mean, if they Food if deserts. they can yeah. do yeah, if yeah. they can do farms on certain roofs, wouldn't that also you know Absolutely. be uh, beneficial to that neighborhood? And, it's, and oh, it's a really good fresh source of vegetables. So instead of having to have it transported so long, who knows where it's coming from? North Carolina. By the time it gets here, it's going to be a little bit Chile. wilted. Yeah, Chile, yeah. Um, instead of that, you have it right in your neighborhood. You get it fresh off the roof, and that's a really different experience. But, and, and there are neighborhoods in our city, and Raphael, you would know more about those particular areas, which they don't get much green 
yeah. fresh green vegetables. Absol I, absolutely. I wonder if that was part of the inspiration when you went up to the Grange and saw yeah, those vegetables. Yeah, of course. I also saw it as an opportunity to create more community gardens and, and green spaces that communities that, that lack access to fresh fruits and vegetables uh, are able to, um, uh, to capitalize on. Right. So, um, you know, for example, here in Manhattan, uh, there, there, I can, I can uh, name two community gardens that in the past year have been have been um, slated to be bulldozed and and, and built on built on here in Manhattan. Here in Manhattan, there's wow. one in not Har Upper West Side. No, there's one in Harlem um, called the Nelson the Mandela Garden, and there's mm -hmm. oh, one wow. in the Lower East Side. It's a sin called the Elizabeth Street Garden. Mm -hmm. and How long have they been there? Uh, Ten years, I yeah. would say, on average. There was one in Brooklyn that yep. just got developed over the last year. Mm -hmm. Wow. And yeah. these are spaces that, that were providing, uh, you know, social benefits to people who live there, people who put a lot of sweat equity into mm -hmm. maintaining Absolutely. it. Um, and now they're being, bull they're, they're going to say to be bulldozed. But for building. For, for buildings, yeah. So what if so what if a building like that, a developer comes in like that and says, you know, we're going to, you're going to lose this garden in your neighborhood. Well, then the city says, well, then you must build a green roof. <laughs> Well, with with the bill now, uh, the, if 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 the building meets the requirements, then they're going to be required to have a green roof. They're going to be required but a new building. Yeah, which okay. is which Great. is good in, yeah. in the sustainability sense. But when you talk about uh, the community losing access to the space, and yeah, that's, we that's, we, yeah. we have a beautiful uh, mm -hmm. uh, garden in uh, on the West Side Community Garden. Yes. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've seen it, but they've got the, the tulips around tulip time. Do you, mm -hmm. do you know the West Side? I do. I yeah, do. Yeah, and they have nice concerts one. there it and. Is, yeah. uh, I record the concerts. I don't think they're going to be bulldozed. I don't think I that's going to be can't bulldozed. They have a strong You guys would rise up. <laughs> yeah. You would yeah. sit in front of the bulldozer. But Harlem, yeah. so it's happening in Harlem. <laughs> now, yeah. Something yeah, else to so add, actually, about social equity is that um, it, it's not just about access, right? So even if you're on the ground level, if you don't have access to that roof, you're still getting the, the benefits of the cooling. So I mean, we've all been here in a hot summer day, and it's just brutal, right? You kind of want to get out and get somewhere where it's cooler. Green roofs do that. So if you're living in a neighborhood and you don't have access to green space, you're still getting a little bit of a cooler. It's like an air conditioner for the neighborhood. Yeah. So yeah. I have a great statistic on that. All right. And also I wanted to add something to the social equity part. But um, the statistic is that at Javits Center, mm -hmm. which you were just talking about, they measured everything before they put on the green roof and then they measured everything after the green roof. And on the sidewalk across the street from the Javits Center, it is actually two degrees cooler wow. now than it used to be. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Just from the green roof that's across the street, that's you know way up high in the air, you wouldn't think that it would have that effect. It's cooling the air around this it space. Is. Mm -hmm. So right. the other thing that's, um, this, I just want people to be able to envision how the social equity could work mm -hmm. like for them. Um, if you live in an apartment building, that's kind of one of those six stories, you know, kind of quarter of a block or bigger kind of big apartment building. You have room to uh, develop that space up there to have a deck space. You can add solar and have green roof and it can be big enough that you're actually letting the kids who live in the building, you know, plant carrots and that kind of thing. That's did I, did, nice. did um, I see, Inger, on your, on your uh, description of what you do that uh, there's also wind turbines? 
that would be considered as part of that process? Um, I don't know if that's still on my website. Back okay. in the day, I used to okay. have that as a goal, but um, it doesn't really work to have a wind turbine attached to a building okay. because there's so much vibration involved. Away. No, it's <laughs> wind turbines actually vibrate a lot, and ah. you don't want that on our old New York City okay. buildings because well, then the mortar starts falling out. Live it, you know? Okay, live, okay. Live but but um, another place that green roofs have had a great social equity effect is up on top of like a, um, a senior housing development wow. because green roofs are very beneficial in terms of health. Right. Um, if someone can even just see plants outside of their window, it really helps them, you know, feel better, have a better day and be healthier. Um, but if you can take those people outside and let them work in the garden, you know, deadhead the flowers or plant new seeds in yeah. the spring. Lovely. It really enhances their life. And there are places like uh, Via Verde, for example, up in the Bronx that have done this in New York City already. And it's just, I think, an area that's really waiting to be to grow. Yeah. Uh, Raphael, um, can we talk a little bit about the bill that just passed? Sure. Uh, what does it cover? Um, I think it's uh, a tax abatement that, that it uh, uh, is involved? No, no, no it's no, a requirement. It's okay, so talk about it. You, so it's a <laughs> requirement. tax abatement was already established. Yeah, it's, it's a mandate. So any, any new building uh, that, um, any new building will have to uh, install either a green roof or solar. Wait, it's not just new buildings. And, and then <laughs> when there is intensive roof repair on an older building, then they'll have to put in either solar or green room. And this is required? Required. And by law. Yeah. That's and it. Great. Also, no so, choice. So at this great. point, I like know this rule yes. backwards and forwards. I'm sure. No, let, you let's, can let, also let her speak on the bill. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, business, yeah. I haven't read the text in six months. <laughs> no, but it's also if you add roof space to your building. Yeah. So if you go up, then you have new roof space up above. Or if you extend out, like into the backyard or something, then you're required to put a new green roof on and it doesn't matter how big or how small your roof is it has to either green roof or solar or both but mm -hmm. it needs to cover a hundred percent of the available mm -hmm. roofs and surface. the cost to doing these changes in your roof there are benefits to having the roof garden to keeping um, energy costs down yeah. for example yeah, lots and lots of benefits yeah. i think dustin had a list that he wanted to go through on benefits if we're ready for that uh yeah yeah so well we talked about a few of them so the energy savings like we talked before about the um cooling off the city the urban heat island that also cools off the building so in the summer the building's not pumping the ac so it reduces the energy bill bill there and this in the winter it's actually an added layer of insulation so that's better for energy bills as well. So you're, you're saving costs there. The, um, and is that true for someone? So we live in a 23-story building. Yeah. And if they were to put a green roof up there, we're on the seventh floor. Does it really help us? It won't be as pronounced as if it was a, a factory somewhere, like a two-story factory. But it still It'll is a benefit. It'll help the top floors, though, yeah. more than the floors down where you are. You're right. And, and there's some work and now on the HVAC units that are on the roof. A lot of times they're sucking in air that are right off the surface of the roof. And colleagues at Drexel, yeah, yeah, colleagues at Drexel are examining this right now in the Javits Center. Oh. They're looking to see how that cooled air right above the roof is actually being sucked in and reducing that cooling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So with all of those kinds of benefits, you can expect your AC bills to go down for that top floor area to go down as much as 50%. We, and we, overall throughout the including what happens in winter, your energy bills typically go down like 20 to 30 percent. 
just from the green roof. All right, but we're, we're, I mean, the kinds of buildings we're talking about are factories, maybe brownstones, but what about these super tall buildings that we have? I mean, uh, our, our daughter is in construction, and she took us up to a building downtown, and there was all kinds of, like, equipment on there and washing, <laughs> window washing stuff. You're not talking about those kinds of roofs. Those probably make more sense in most cases to have solar. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're all covered. Every single building's covered. So a 70-story building that's being put up, and they're being put up in the city, will have to have one of those elements. Yeah, it would yeah. have to. That is great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. look what you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That must Yay, Raphael. <laughs> yeah. That must feel great. Yeah, no, and I have to say, we have one of the most aggressive laws here because, uh, you know, when I wrote the bill, I, I, I did aim to, to require 100% of the rooftop to be covered, but never I thought that that was going to be the requirement. <laughs> I thought they'll negotiate to 50%, you know, with some developer. or, or don't, the, sh- don't, sh- sh- yeah. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> done. Done. But like, but like in uh, Toronto, for example, I believe it's 25%. Yeah. Um, but know, here so it's total. 100%. Yeah. But because Amazing. it says green roof and or solar or both, yeah. if you cover, you know, you put as much solar as you really need, but it doesn't cover the entire roof, people are still going to add green roof in addition to that. And, and yeah, so this is a big deal. So if you look in Germany, there have been a couple of cities that have these rules in place. So oh, yeah. if you go to like Google Maps and you go check out Stuttgart, Stuttgart is and amazing. And you fly over, it looks like you're flying over a park. So there's just green space everywhere. And it's really, I mean, that's probably the future of New York thanks to this bill. That'd be great. I, I know, uh, I know, Raphael, you're interested in movies, and a lot of times you get this uh, shot from a helicopter right. as, as it flies over the building, kind of interim in between future. shots. Yeah. And now we'll all see green. Not, it won't be the concrete jungle anymore. Right, it won't yeah. be the concrete jungle. <laughs> yeah. Well, it will be a jungle. Yeah, it will be will concrete be. jungle. Yeah, it'll right. be a literal, it'll be a right. literal little jungle. I wonder if we talk I, about... I want to interject. Yeah. I'm Go, sorry. Please. I know, we've agreed on the next question, and then I'm interjecting. Yeah. So what, my what about the walls? Aren't there? I mean, There's, in Paris, they're like yeah. growing on the walls too. Is well, that we, we, have a building we have those here too? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. have on our, our building on 91st Street. I know. And, uh, that must insulate the whole building then. Well, a green wall on the outside of the building really helps keep the building from heating up too much. But um, in general, green walls don't have nearly as much environmental benefits the way that we're talking about them here with green roofs. Okay. They do, if they're inside of a building, they really help clear the, clean the air. Wow. They actually wow. make the air a lot oh, healthier. Oh, we should have a green wall. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I've yeah. seen restaurants with them. They require a lot of maintenance. Okay. Um, okay. All right. No, but th- that's okay. Yeah, so you, we'd have to get a gardener. How do you water? Yeah. You gotta throw water up the wall. <laughs> I don't I know. Mexico City, I believe, is putting green walls under their infrastructure, mm-hmm. in the highways, yeah. especially. Yeah. And they're capturing oh. all the brake dust and pollution to help from clean. the highways. Yeah. Yeah, on the highways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. and and also yeah. the stormwater there. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've yep. had a huge influence. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's great about green walls is that if you plant the green wall with vines in an area where there's, it's really marshy, there's way too much moisture in the, wa- in the like ground. Like New Orleans or something? Um, yeah, or maybe just an area like underneath a, an, I don't know, a an elevated or highway or yeah, something. Okay. Um, the, vo- the vines suck the water up like at an incredible capacity. You wouldn't okay. believe it. Wow. 
Um, and then help them to grow and expand. And it helps them to grow and expand. They look beautiful. They cut down on the sound that's produced by the, that elevated highway as well. Let's, let's move. Yeah, go on. Sorry, there's go one on, other Justin. major benefit that I, we haven't touched on yet, but it is stormwater capture. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't really talked about that. But, I mean, if you if you look at the Javits Center, for example, uh, Frank Montalta at Traxell has found that about 50% or more than 50% of the rain that hits it in the summer um, is captured. So that's a big deal for New York City where it's about to get a little bit gross, but our stormwater combines with our sewage if it rains too much. Oh. And then that flushes out into the local waterways. So by capturing stormwater on a green roof before it combines with our sewage, we're actually making a huge difference to the huts in the East River or the local ocean. Oh. This yeah. is amazing. It's, I mean, yeah. every, every, it sounds, there's nothing bad about I this. I mean, yeah, is yeah. there anything bad? No. Is there, anybody, no. is there anyone against it? <laughs> no, and there are also great ways to help pay for it. Yeah, there's so, there's someone in, in in the line of work who likes to say it's a Swiss Army knife. You <laughs> exactly. know, it's a Swiss Army knife, and how many different things it does. And yeah. 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 So this is a Swiss Stephen Army Peck, knife. Stephen Peck, I think, solution. says that. Stephen yeah, yeah, Peck, yeah, Green Roofs yeah, for Healthy Stephen Cities. Peck, yeah. Let's give a shout out to yeah, Stephen Peck. That's right. If it weren't for him, yeah. you know, where would we be? Right. <laughs> uh, bees, butterflies. Bats, Bats yep. uh, beautiful bluebirds, yeah, pollinators. Um, to talk about that, what, yeah. what does it do for that? So it's it's a little bit surprising, but greeners really provide a great wildlife habitat in New York. So we have something like 46 or 48 species that we've observed using a, a bird that we've observed using greeners in New York City. A lot of them are during migration, so right now we're kind of at the tail end of more migration, but um, during the spring, there are millions of birds that pass through New York, and they need to stop and refuel. So they basically need to make a pit stop during the day, eat a bunch of food, and they continue their flight north. If there aren't greeners here, they're just kind of landing, and they don't have anywhere to go, and a lot of them are starving, crowding with windows, they're not doing well. Greeners provide that stopover habitat. So during spring migration, there are a bunch of different migratory birds that are landing on the roof, foraging on all the insects that are up there. You kind of build these habitats. There's a beautiful pollinator diversity that shows up, insects that, that arrive. How do the insect. insects, are the insects fly in? So, yeah, so some <laughs> of them fly in, but then what about like, um, yeah, things like colemblins, which are really important too. So they're these tiny little um, things that break down uh, leaf material. Uh -huh. so, and they're really helpful for the soil. The decomposers. Those things, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So they come in. Um, some of them come in probably with the original plantings. Other th others show up. Nematodes things, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so things are finding their way up there. And not not everything that ends up on a green roof can survive on a green roof, but those that do get up there and they can do well in that habitat, they really they really flourish. Do mushrooms grow? Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> mushrooms are actually really important as well for right, the mycorrhizal connections. Right, because they, they kind of, think of that? That's well, because of what I've learned about mushrooms and how they're kind of this communication system, this mm -hmm. whole underground yeah. system between the, mm -hmm. the plants and, and you know. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some there's some uh, really fun work that's come out of. Uh, out of Colombia that's looked at um, how mushrooms end up on roofs, the interaction between plants, green roof plants, and the mushrooms that are growing there. Uh, so they're pretty important for, for helping the green roof function. Okay, so how big could this get? And we talk about New York okay. City. Okay, okay. Kind of wait a minute. I've got this one. Okay, okay. I've got okay. this one. Okay, how big? There are, there's a billion square feet of rooftop surface in New York City. Wow. All, all five boroughs. All the, all the a billion square feet. That's equivalent to 22 Central Parks. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. Of so, roof space. Of roof space. That are capable of having greenery on it. I mean, uh, most of them seem to be, in, in my practice, yeah. uh, I have actually, in 12 years I've been doing this, only had one green roof that we found that couldn't support the weight. So, yeah, most of them can. 
Just and again, how many Central Parks are we talking about? 22, 22. Central Parks all throughout. Right now we have one. Yeah. You see what you started here? <laughs> God, we're going to start building bridges. Amazing. <laughs> I, I actually founded my company because I woke up a couple of days before Earth Day in, I don't know, 2008, actually. And I woke up with this vision of looking at the New York City rooftop space covered in green. Wow. And I was like, man, I have to do that. <laughs> I'm an architect, so I can deal with structure. I can deal with waterproofing. I know right. all those details. And I love plants. So, so cool. Yeah. What a combination. How many and of you are in Now it might, thanks to Raphael, oh, it might actually you. happen. Wow. Thank you. I'm just a messenger. You know, I saw a great idea, and I wanted to make it into law. And the great, great idea came out of the great work these two have been doing for a long time. So, and, and there's and there's more. And, and uh, of course, you're with the New York City um, uh, Audubon S S Society, mm -hmm. and so they're very interested in this too. And I uh, wanted yeah. to mention that because you've been talking about the birds. Yeah. So um, we're doing a lot of different research on birds, insects, and bats um, because we really are looking at these as wildlife habitat. And when we say wildlife, we mean I guess things that can access green herbs, not necessarily all the wildlife that could be in New York City. But um, we have five species of bat that are in New York, and they are using green herbs as well. During migration, they're flying over. There are amazing pollinators that are up there. There are um, beautiful spiders that can show up, which, sorry if anybody doesn't like that. Sometimes people <laughs> don't like spiders, but oh, they're fascinating. they're in the, in the farm. Lungs yeah. are on the roof. The roof yeah. <laughs> it's all a bit of a community. I mean, it's all a community interaction. Certain predators are eating other things. They're providing food for others. It's really quite fascinating. A lot of times, so when we get questions about pests on green roofs, um, we haven't seen many up there because it's not really a habitat that pests want, right? Like they're more drawn to human access. We're providing a green space that there's no food up there for them really. They're not looking for, they're not finding garbage on the roof necessarily. We're finding habitat that they can live. Be Be Becky wanted to sense. guess which of the five boroughs is doing the best as far as green roofs are concerned. Yeah, I mean, before you tell us, is there an guess. answer to I that? I want to take a guess. Go ahead. Is there an answer? Yeah. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Brooklyn. Brooklyn is really big. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Parts of Brooklyn have a lot of green roofs. Yeah, and, but, but otherwise it's, it's Manhattan. It's basically really? Midtown and Downtown. Oh. Um, it, it, our colleagues at the Nature Conservancy just recently created a map, which if you're living nearby and you want to see where your green roofs are, you can go to greenroofsnyc.com and click Explore. And there's a that map there that they created. That is greenroofsnyc.org. Greenroofs.com. Yes, <laughs> plural. You Green roofs, roofs, your group plural. created that? Yes. Yeah. So that's the um, from the Green Roof Researchers Alliance. It's um, for everybody to use, and it's a great access to see where the Green Roofs are in your neighborhood. And it's going to be really cool as that map gets updated, thanks to this, to see I where still they're have growing. To update yeah. It. Yeah. The Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Grange, and they all just opened up a new rooftop in yeah. Sunset Park, yeah. and they have it open to the public every Sunday. It's really big. So it's we up would, on top of the Army Navy. Um, I'm not What's sure it which building it is, but it's in Industry City. Yeah, it used Sunset to be Park. this yeah. army hospital. Oh, okay. It's giant. And then, so that would be on your on that uh, website. So you not yet because it's so new. So okay. the way that um, we did this is we use satellite imagery, and and my colleagues in Nature Conservancy did this work, and they basically the satellite imagery comes out every two years. So they're working with data from 2016. Um, it's going to be updated for 2018, and we're going to see the growth then. And then in 2020, I'm assuming that there's going to be a whole lot of new growth. So it's going to be pretty fascinating cool. to see where these are. Very cool. Yeah. So getting back to this idea of what the downsides may be. I mean, I can just see New Yorkers complaining about everything. Like, <laughs> are they planting fertilizer up there? Is that fertilizer pl flying down on us? And, you know, no. I mean, is there anything? No. Nothing. No. No I mean, downside. What, what about wind? I mean, it gets windy so here's up on the top the thing. of buildings. Here's the one thing. You absolutely do need to have some minimal maintenance on any green roof 
Because if you don't, and your plants die, and it gets windy, and you don't have plants to hold right. the soil down, that is not good. Yeah, imagine if they're not pruning the trees, if the, the yeah. branches are getting, right. you know. And, yeah. and it's incredibly yeah. important to have bird-friendly glass as well. So we're creating wildlife habitat, and a lot of times it's really nice to have a big bay window looking over this wildlife habitat, but birds don't perceive glass and they crash into it. Oh. And, and it kills a lot of birds. Yeah. So there are certain um, things that you could do. You could retrofit the glass, get new bird from the glass, or you can just kind of put the sticker on. That'll prevent collisions, and it makes a big difference. The All good right. news is that I have a bill for that. Mm-hmm. You do. We're going to require buildings to have bird-friendly glass. Yay. Uh, and we're hoping to pass that bill before the end of the year. Nice. And something, uh, I, something I learned taking a tour with the Autobahn and the Jacob Jarvis Center. You know, I was just wow. thinking you should be the Brooklyn Borough President. <laughs> yeah, well, really. we Wait, wait. Do you go by Rafa? Uh, you could call me Rafa. Rafa. My sister called me Rafa. 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 Right. I, I had one other negative thing I was going to say, and that is, you know, we, we are in this environmental crisis and chaos yeah. uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, and, and green roofs are not the solution. It is one of the solutions. Mm-hmm. Why not, I guess I'm talking to Raphael, why not put more kind of gov- gov- city government efforts into uh, gardens on the ground? We do have space in the ground, Brooklyn, yeah. the Bronx, I mean, oh, yeah. there's space. Absolutely. And it would be less expensive, it yeah. seems. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, they, they, they exist. The spaces exist. Right. Well, so bioswales, right? Mm-hmm. right? Bioswales are where you take a street tree pit and you make it so that it is capable of holding a lot of stormwater, right. um, as well as growing native plants and things like that. Right. Um, so Sweet. that's something that the Department of Environmental Protection has been rolling out over the last mm-hmm. uh, yeah. five, six years. And there are a lot of them that have been installed now. So right. there's also a program called the Green Streets Program, where they're trying, you s- you've noticed probably that at certain street corners, they're adding little gardens and things. Yeah, yeah, I so see So yeah, I see they, they are flowers. really trying to add more at grade green space. Right, right. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned because we were just talking before about these areas in the city that are being taken over by developers and they're taking the gardens and they're, mm-hmm. they're destroying them for the high rises. Right. Um, yeah. And if we kind of look at this really neat idea of roofs and green roofs that we may forget this other part, that there are community gardens that need to be looked at. Of course, that's not your issue, but it is Raphael's. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, again, there's a lot of support at the yeah. city level for community mm-hmm. gardens. Yeah, still. We just we need more education. Uh, need more of my colleagues to make this a priority for them, right? Um, yeah, yeah. We need yeah. a ma- we need a mayor. Is there an election in two years for a yeah. new mayor? We need a mayor who's going to put this on on top of their their uh, their to dos. Yeah. So you know, there's opportunity here to change the leadership and have more growing voices talking about this stuff. Yeah. Ingrid, there was one point you wanted to make. I saw you wanted to say something. I did. Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to talk a little bit about job creation. Okay. Oh, great. great. Yeah. So, although maybe that's more... No, no, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's that's well, so who installs all these green roofs? I mean, I'm sort of the mastermind, but I always need to hire people to help me. I can't do it all by myself. Right. I mean, I have a small staff in my office, but you need to hire trained labor. And there is this amazing program. There's a couple of them, but the one that I work with... Um, was I think really the first in the city, started by an organization called Sustainable South Bronx. Um, And now it's also run in conjunction with the HOPE program, where they take people who've been down on their luck, you know, formerly incarcerated, homeless, whatever, and they train them and train them and test them and train them and give them all kinds of tools 
to re-enter the workforce, and they train them specifically in installing green infrastructure projects, like green roofs, but also like community gardens and bioswales and other things like that. So it gives this whole bunch of people who really need work, work that they love. And I love hiring these people because they show up, they're on time, they love plants, they already know how to do what, what I need them to do. And, um, Great. So, you know, it's, it's, I think, another great thing about Green Roofs is we're going to be able to increase that whole program. Yeah, there'll be Amazing. a lot more new jobs. It, People can go to school for this field now. and really take I'm going to change the topic here a bit. Raphael, you filed in August and announced in September <laughs> yes. that you are running for Brooklyn Borough President in 2021. And you've started to raise $250,000 towards I'm that. I'm trying. Effort. That's my goal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's my goal. If I'm able to raise that, then I don't have to worry about fundraising anymore, and I can focus on campaigning and hitting the streets. So right. why We're, do you want to be the borough president? Um, you know, I, I did run for public advocate a few months ago, um, and the reason I ran for public advocate is because I wanted to have a bigger role and a bigger voice in government than be able to influence a lot of the policy that's coming out of City Hall uh, and have a bigger bully pulpit to do that. Um, I've always wanted to be a borough president, and I ran for public advocate because that was the first opportunity that opened up, and it was a, I think I thought it was a great opportunity to do that work that I wanted to do. Uh, but you know, since I lost, I'm gonna go back to my original plan, Plan A, and uh, <laughs> run for borough president, represent Brooklyn, the borough I was born and raised in, a, bro- a borough that I think has been leading on a lot of issues, progressive issues across the country, and it'll be an honor, you know, to be a kid from Brooklyn to become the borough president and do the work of the borough and the I- city. I, I, I followed you one night as you moved from one event yeah, to the that was other. Fun. It, I, I had a ball. And <laughs> you took us out and we had some beer before yeah. you went over to the green space. Yeah. Did you learn anything from that from that run that yeah. you're going to use for this one? Definitely. I think I, I, I used that, that run, uh, I think I used all of the tactics politically and all of the strategy that I was hoping to use on Borough President Race. I was able to see what worked and what didn't work. Um, you know, where I should focus more of my attention on what parts of the city or the borough I should focus more of my attention on. Right. So it was kind of, you know, it was a, it was a test run. It, it was a real run I was running to win, but it allowed me to test all of my strategies and I saw what worked and what didn't work. Great. In hindsight, it was, right. you were yeah. able to, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had a great time. And, and our, our talk on the subway, I thought was... Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was, I was actually was thinking neat. about that on the way here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as, as you were moving from one place to the other. And it's on Bar Pro Radio. A young politico trying to raise <laughs> raise his uh, his stakes here. Isn't this amazing? This is a concrete jungle, and we're returning, you know, to agriculture, to land, to yeah. you know, to yeah. green. New York City, yeah. ag- New York City agriculture. It's like, yeah. it's such a <laughs> weird combination. A weird of ideas, idea, yeah. But yeah. you're making it real. It Congratulations needs to be. Putting it back I mean, into it the bottle. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 So we want to thank you, Inger Yancey, a green roof professional, also a, an educator and a lecturer. We want to thank you, Dustin Partridge, a green roof scientist, researcher, and educator, and City Council Member Raphael Espinal for joining us for the Bar Crawl Radio Conversation about green roofs. About green roofs. And, and boy, I, I, I wasn't really that excited when I sat down. I don't know why. I mean, it's like, You're not, inspiring us. You're like, but just, now I'm sitting just here green it's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gardens. <laughs> Gardens. Right. Nature. Well, thank you so much for thinking of doing this. Yeah, thank Absolutely. You. And, and we, we'll want to report back later what went on. We love to meet and talk with interesting people in our neighborhood bars. If you like our programming, tell others. Like us on social media. Email us with your suggestions for future conversations at barkbrowradio at gmail.com. 
www.thinkingdog.com. And thank you all. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank, thank you. you.